Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Lime Ninja Radio. I'm your host, McKay Rippey, and Aurora isn't with me today. She's down in New York City on business, and we'll be back with us soon. Today's guest is Mari Tuin. Well, before I introduce you to Mari, I should tell you, we're doing two separate things here. We're two separate types of podcasts. And the first was the Masterclass, which we had introduced, uh, I think it was a week ago? a week to 10 days ago, and now we're going to be going back to interviewing, I'm calling them Lime Ninja. So a Lime Ninja is anybody out there who's got Lyme disease, they've been studying Lyme disease and how to treat Lyme disease, and is out there battling the disease. So we're going to have these interviews with Lyme Ninjas from all over the world, just so you can connect and hear what other people are doing and their stories. So... The experience is not something of being alone, maybe sick in bed by yourself or struggling to get to work in the morning because you're so exhausted or struggling remembering anything or having word salad and not being able to communicate. Because these are universal things. They happen all the time. But because Lyme is still kind of geographically dispersed, and the serious cases are dispersed. It's not like there are 100 people on the same block who have Lyme disease. It's there are 100 people in the same city who have Lyme disease. So I think we often feel disconnected from each other. And I'm hoping these Lyme Ninja interviews will help you feel connected and inspired to continue your battle. Really, you need ninja skills to defeat Lyme disease. You need to be smarter than the bacteria, you need to be well-educated, and you need to keep training. You need to keep the fighting spirit up. And that's my hope for these Lyme Ninja interviews. And the first one is with Mari Tuin. She lives in Norway. She's a Swedish young lady. She fell in love and moved to Norway. And she's really struggling to defeat the exhaustion that Lyme disease has given her. And her story is very, very interesting. We often think that, oh, if everything uh, was paid for here in the U.S., that we'd be able to get the treatment that we need, so forth and so on. But she's struggling over there, too. While she didn't mount up huge amounts of debt, thanks to the socialist medical system that she has, she's still not getting the care that she needs. And it seems like everything, everything she has tried hasn't quite worked out for her. Yet, she's maintained a positive attitude, and she's moving forward, and she's learning more and more about her body and about Lyme disease, and I think there's an instructive story there for all of us. So I hope you enjoy uh, my interview with the charming and lovely Mari Tuin. The first thing I want to know from you, Mari, I'm saying your first name, right? Yes. Am I correct? Yeah. Is how do you pronounce your last name? Um... Um, two N. Two N. <laughs> it's a bit difficult, I guess. Not if I practiced it. No. You're doing good. And you, where where do you live? Because on your profile it said Norway, but you said you're yeah. in. You're, I'm from Norway, uh, but I live in Sweden, Stockholm at the moment. And when did you move? Uh, I moved about a year and a half ago. May, may I ask why? Uh, I fell in love with Aww. a Swedish guy. So that's pretty much why. <laughs> that's wonderful. What's his name? 
Uh, Alexander. Alexander. That's easy to say. That's easy. (laughs) That's terrific. And so you're young. I was surprised when I saw your picture. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 22. And when did you get Lyme disease? Uh, It was the summer of 2011. I was about to turn 18. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was really scary because it was different from, you know, everything I've ever experienced. I couldn't, like, compare it to the flu or or anything. And I just knew right away that this was something more serious. And what was different? Because a lot of times when people first do get infected, really their symptoms are more just flu-like. So they have sore joints and they don't feel so great. But what was different? How did you know it was different? Um, I still can't explain it, but um, it was just a feeling of, you know, having no energy Mm. uh, on like a deeper level. I don't know. It it didn't help to sleep. Nothing really, nothing really helped. It didn't feel like the flu to me, but I I can understand that's easy to compare it with, with the flu for people who, who don't know what it's like. So you had very, very deep exhaustion. Yeah. And that's still my, uh, my, my main problem. I never had, well, I do have pains, but, but it's more like stiffness and, you know, it's not the crazy pain that you hear about. Uh, that's not my my uh, my main problem. So it's more neurological. Yeah, and so you're still tired all the time now. Yeah, wow. I am. Goes up and down mm-hmm. as it does, um, but yeah, that's definitely. Uh, and then tell me, how long was it before you got diagnosed, and did you ever get diagnosed, and? Tell what's medical care like in Norway? Because I think we have a fantasy here that everything everywhere else is better than it here is here in the yeah. U.S. And I don't think that's necessarily true. No, not in not in my case, or not in in the Lyme case. Definitely not. Um, we have a, a free healthcare system, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, you don't need the whole insurance. Um, aspect or anything uh i went to the doctor you have your own like uh you you go to the same doctor every time you have your own um, primary care physician is what we call it exactly gp yes um so i went to him and he ran a lot of blood tests and he was like no no this is normal you're just you know 18 tired you're 18 yes. you're, you're super active because i was i really i i did something all the time i was super social i went to the gym you know i danced things like that so um he was like yeah no everything looks fine just take it easy give yourself some slack mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so i did you know i uh, i uh, i trusted my doctor because that's what you 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 want to do and so I, uh, I kept going, uh, and I had no time for, you know, missing out. It was, I was about to start my last year at high school. Um, and yeah, there were a lot of things going on, but I, I kept getting worse, worse and worse. And, uh, suddenly I couldn't sleep either. Um, 
even even though I was extremely exhausted, I just couldn't sleep. And it was like, I felt like I was losing it completely. And uh, so I went to to different doctors and like uh, the emergency room several times. And finally I got hospitalized because my, my lymph nodes were super duper swollen. All uh, of them or in any particular area? Was it your neck, your mainly, armpits? Mainly the neck. Mainly in your neck. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and my pulse was super high. It was like 170 when I was lying down. Woo. And that still happens, you know, when I, in my worst periods, my, my pulse are just, is just going crazy. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so I was hospitalized and they just ran a lot of tests, which, which is great. Uh, a lot of blood tests and I like, they sent me to, um, eye special specialist because I got this blurry vision thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, uh, did they think you were taking drugs? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. But I, they asked a lot of questions, but but uh, they uh, they thought it was mono. Hmm. Uh, and it, on the tests, it came back that I had, you know, the Epstein Barr virus somewhere in my blood. It of was course. Like an active an active um, infection, mm -hmm. but that like their conclusion is like okay you have had mono that's why you're so tired you're so tired so just go home and rest that, that's what you can do about it so you got the same prescription rest twice yes or more times was, than twice uh, yeah, yeah okay. that was the only yeah rest so uh but the thing was there was a lot of um there were a lot of papers with uh, with all these uh, tests that mm -hmm. i got with me home and when I when I me and my mother when we went through them we also saw that uh, they have tested for Lyme disease and that it was positive oh really yeah but like I don't know like what the test is called but it's like you have the antibodies for mm -hmm. it yep uh, so, but no no one ever like said anything about that that's uh, so interesting so <laughs> it was right there in front of them and they still they still stepped didn't. over it no, it's, it's crazy, but they just don't know what to say right. <laughs> about it. They don't have anything to, so they just, they just try, they just uh, choose to not talk about it. Um, Interesting. So let's back up and say, where do you think you got infected? I have no idea. Hmm. I've been crazy afraid of insects all my life. <laughs> <laughs> when something I'm is sorry like to laugh at you. My daughter, my youngest daughter, hates spiders. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, I have a huge problem with insects. It's like it's crazy. It's embarrassing because if there is like a fly, yes, buzzing over my head, I will run like crazy. <laughs> but I have never seen any tick on huh. on myself. Never. Do you, did you have pets at home? Yeah, I've always had cats. Okay, and w back in. Norway. Did you live in a city or a town or out in the country? What was the setting? Uh, it's it's uh, the next largest city, but there's a lot of woods and nature. Okay. So, uh, and I and I was hiking a lot. I was super active, and I and I um, went to the mountains a lot. So definitely, there's a great chance um, for me receiving a tick bite. Obviously, you did, or some sort of insect bite, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. 
So uh, God knows how long uh, or like when that happened. It could be like forever ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be. And anybody else in your family have any Lyme disease symptoms or just you? Um, it's just me that, you know, got the diagnosis finally. But my mother is mm-hmm. also chronically ill. Hmm. And we have a lot of symptoms in common, actually. Has she been tested for Lyme? I, yes, like the same test that I, I did, but mm-hmm. it's not super accurate. So That's right. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Yeah, with, I, so. I, I wouldn't either. And there's some, I'm sure you sound like you're very well read on it. There is some evidence that shows it can be passed from mother to child, either yeah, uh, yeah. in utero while the baby's gestating or, or through breast milk. So. Yeah. That's crazy. I, mean, I know yeah, and it I'm is. thinking about it. But my mom and my mother was like perfectly well when I was born. Mm-hmm. She got sick much, much later. Okay. Um, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> right, right. It could still be there. It it might be. You might both have it. Um, let's see. So what do I want to... So you got sick. You got exhausted. You think you're going crazy. You're exhausted. You can't sleep. You finally go to the ER a couple times and they don't, they do all the testing, including a Lyme test, but ignore the test. You go home, you read all over the documentation and you find out, oh my goodness, I've got Lyme disease. So did you know what Lyme disease was at the time or? Oh, I had no idea. I, I knew that ticks could get you, could, you know, get you into trouble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, no, I, I had no idea. So I remember I went home or I just Googled it and yes. I was like overwhelmed. I was like, I do not want to read this. I have mono. I, this, was, this will go away, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It was just too much to take in. And I was 18 and I didn't have time <laughs> for this. Right. I just get well. Yeah. And it took me it took me a lot of time just, you know, accepting it and and uh, and stop living in denial. So how long did that take you? I guess first about a year. I, I finished somehow. I finished high school. Mm-hmm. Are you in I, university? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm actually taking a break because it, it got too much. Mm-hmm. I got super sick when I, I, I studied French for a year here in Stockholm. Um, but then now I'm just taking a break because... You need to. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's super frustrating because you, I'm just—I just feel really old. Really, I feel like the time is just flying, and I'm stuck. Uh, Everybody's I, moving forward, and you're stuck, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't get on with things. I constantly have to back off. Right. Um, Until well, you uh, heal, it's possible to heal. You will get better. Yeah, I, I hope so. It just feels like I've tried everything under the sun by now. Have you? Hmm. Yeah, well, probably not, but it feels like it. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. So let's, okay, so I keep interrupting you. So you're overwhelmed. You start Googling things. You run away from Google because it's too scary. <laughs> yeah, Google overwhelming. is scary. Yeah, I can uh, understand that. Yeah, no, but uh, about a year later... Like a year from when I got sick, I I went to the to my uh, GP once again, and he ran th- some new tests, and I was like, 
yeah, there was something about Lyme disease on those um, results from last year. And he was like, hmm, really? And then he tested again and I was still positive and he was like, wow, okay. Uh, well, uh, we'll give you uh, 30 days of... Yeah, 30 days. No, not even that much, like three weeks, I think. Of yep, anti- 21. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I got the antibiotics and it just left me feeling much worse. I don't know if it was a, just a, a herx or uh, if it simply didn't do any good. So what uh, happened? I just, my brain fog, which, uh, which was already really bad, got much, much worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, anyway, after the, the three weeks yep. on antibiotics, uh, he called me and, and asked uh, if, I, if I was feeling better. And I said, no, no, by no means. And then he was like, well, then it, it probably isn't Lyme disease. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, bad doctor. Yes. Yes. And so uh, I think by, by then I just, I just realized that I wouldn't get any help from, you know, the healthcare, like the, the primer healthcare system. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then what did you do? Uh, well, at the time, it actually uh, existed a Lyme, a Lyme, what is it called? Lyme literate doctor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Norway. It was like one person who who treated um, Lyme sufferers with antibiotics. He had his own practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I called him and he was like, yeah, 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 you need so much more antibiotics. And so he prescribed like, I don't know, four or five months of a holy cocktail of different, um, different antibiotics. Right. Uh, and so I was like, okay. And by the time I, I, I thought antibiotics is are like that's the only only thing that can help. Mm-hmm. And so I just went on with uh, with all these pills, and I kept feeling worse and worse and worse. Really. And uh, eventually, I think after like three months, I, I started losing um, sight, uh, my vision. It's yeah. just on my on my left uh, left eye oh. and I was like okay I'm not going to do this anymore and I called him and, and told him about it and he, and he was like no you need more you need stronger right. remedies and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, my gut feeling just told me that no you should you no, I'm not going to continue this because mm. it's doing more harm than good okay um, and uh, and he actually lost his license but uh, that doctor so he doesn't Oh. And that practice doesn't exist anymore. But now, that's because the, the Norwegian government just doesn't believe in, in you know, Lyme disease and yes. treating with antibiotics like that. And I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I believe in, in heavy in, doses of antibiotics. Either, huh? <laughs> no, exactly. Well, it's, let's pause here for a second. There are people who, with various antibiotic either orally different regimens or with uh, intravenous antibiotics do get better Yes, oh, in definitely. some cases. However, with Lyme disease, it's not, it's a sneaky bacteria and 
what works for one person may not work for another. And like you said, depending on if you have other viruses in the background there that are active and the Lyme helps get going, it, and if depending what's going on with your gut and the bacteria in your gut, the antibiotics might, like you said, be doing more harm than good. So there's no one protocol out there that's going to heal everybody. It's no. You need to find uh, a guru. You need to find somebody to guide you, and then it's a – it's it's like walking through a swamp to begin with, just to begin to get some traction and and f- figure out which way you're going to go to to get better. It's not easy, as you know. Right. So that's that's another reason why we're here talking to you and talking to other people like this is because yeah. it's not simple. If it was simple, we wouldn't be talking about it. No, right? uh, you're doing a great job. I wish I wish it existed you know, something like this here in Europe, because hmm, maybe you can do that. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I'll help you get set up if you want. Well, it's not, it's not a bad idea. I really feel like, you know, telling people about my experience because here in, in Scandinavia, if you, if you tell someone that you have Lyme disease, they don't know what it is. They're like, okay, what's that? And nobody can relate. Right. It's and not, it's not, hard. it's not that different here, except for a few areas. And then really the only thing you get is some kind of sympathy. There's not real knowledge about it. It's just the, the what people know as Lyme is bad. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what actually can happen, most people are still in the dark. We're, we're, we're in the baby stages of understanding all these funny kind of infections that are, yeah. I think all around us and in us. When when we got antibiotics, when we got penicillin, I think the doctors figured out, well, we've got this part of the healthcare puzzle solved, and we don't need to worry about these types of infections. So the only thing that really makes the news is the really scary stuff that'll kill you very quickly, like Ebola, you know, or right. some of these bioweapon things. Uh, right. But these chronic low-grade infections are really <laughs> devastating. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I guess it's the same in the U.S. as well, but here, the chronic fatigue diagnosis, it's mm-hmm. just, that's all you get. That's right. all you <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, that's, you, know, you can only, a doctor can only diagnose what he understands or she understands. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just, it's human nature. And, and they can't know everything. They're human beings too. They can't know everything. Uh, so it takes, it takes a doctor who's willing to stay curious and, yeah. And a doctor that is not intimidated by by, by the patient's knowledge. Yes. Well, that. Because so that's tell that's me, tell me about what you mean by that, because that's a very interesting statement. Uh, well, whenever I, because uh, by now I, I feel like I spend most of my time researching, and I've learned a lot, and and when I go go to my doctor or any doctor and kind of try to raise a conversation about things that I've read and things that I've learned, they just get super stressed out and do not want to talk about it. And just, yeah, I don't know. They're obviously intimidated by it, by by my knowledge on something they don't know anything about. Like, Mm -hmm. for instance, I asked my uh, my GP to test me for the... uh, MTHFR. Yes, very good. Yes, and he was like, uh, what, what is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's okay. I mean, he can't know anything, but it's like the whole attitude. Um, 
and my GP is actually a, a, a good person. He he's he's willing to do you know a lot of strange things for me that I read about on the internet. Uh, but <laughs> but in on a general basis, it, uh, yeah. So ha have you been tested for the MTHFR variant? Yeah, I've done the whole Twenty uh, Three and Me. Oh, fabulous! Actually, yeah. And what's the result? Um, heterozygous, zygot, zygous. Yes, very good. For the A uh, hundred and twenty-eight mutation. Right. Yes. <laughs> Um, not surprising, right? Not surprising, no. But I, I don't really feel that uh, the 23andMe has given me any big answers to why I'm feeling the way I do. Okay. So you switched over to folate and it did make a difference in terms of how you were feeling? Um, yeah, that's also a kind of... Um, uh, disturbing thing about me because I, I can't seem to tolerate any supplements really? in terms of vitamins. What happens? Uh, it's like, um, I don't know, it's like uh, adding pa painting to a house that's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't sound like a good thing. <laughs> no, that's... Uh, that's the only way I can explain it. You know, my hair starts falling out, my skin breaks out, my uh, my uh, I sweat like crazy, and it doesn't smell good. Oh, so uh, what? So this is a Chinese medicine question. So what does your sweat smell like? <laughs> so here, like let, poison, like, like poison, like I don't know, like, like your idea of what toxin smells like. Huh. So in Chinese medicine, there are five major body smells. And none of them are good. So one of them has a nice name, but it's not really good. So one is putrid, and right. that has more kind of like a, a, a nursing home kind of urine smell. And then there's rancid, and rancid is more like a really bad old gym bag smell, right? It's mm -hmm. kind of – it bites your nose. It, it, it hurt like a strong vinegar or something like that really bites your nose. Then there's a burnt smell. <laughs> And that smells – I've smelled that really strongly on my children when they were young and had fevers. You could smell the top of their heads and they would smell like you you burnt a cotton shirt ironing, just a little too hot. Uh -huh. And then there's a sweet smell and it doesn't smell sweet at all. Sweet smells like really bad, cheap perfume and it gets in your nose and it sticks there and just seems to stay in your nose. It's really – it's unpleasant. And then the last one is is rotten. And rotten smells smells like something rotting. So it's, you know, it's it's more like a rotten egg type of type mm -hmm. of smell. Um, but that's a little that's a little fainter smell. It kind of gets your nose and then drifts away. All right. So that's that's Chinese medicine diagnosis. That's very interesting. So that's why I was curious about what it smelled like because it's a clue as to what's going on underneath. Uh, maybe maybe more more rotten. Rotten. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So that would point and in Chinese medicine, that would point to, I'm going to say two organ names, but in Chinese medicine, it was more like a network of things rather than just the, the organ itself. And the organs are the, the lung and the colon. So it mm -hmm. would, a rotten smell would point to something going wrong in that area. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so let's, so you've got a GP, a general practitioner, a physician who's at least willing to listen to you. That's a big win. That's a miracle because that's not an easy thing to do. And you're very educated about this, but you're, you're feeling a bit lost as if I listen to you, it's like what direction to go in and nothing seems to be working. If everything you try is like putting paint on a burning house. Yes. That's, uh, yes. Mm -hmm. So, so what have you, what have you tried aside Uh, from the antibiotics, of course? Well, uh, like mm -hmm, where to start, I, uh, I, did the Cowden protocol. Mm-hmm. And what happened with that? Um, it's very interesting when I think about it because I never had any reaction to it. Like any, no bad reactions, no hurting, no anything. Huh. I suspect I got somewhat better for a short period of time. Right. Um, but then it just subsided. Okay. Um, and I was on that protocol for about a year. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, that's that's longer uh-huh. than they. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and tried a lot of different uh, herbs, like teasel root. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't really help that much either. I've tried essential oils. Okay. Uh, Do you remember which ones? Like a whole uh, bunch from doTERRA. Okay, and did you mix them together or take them individually? Yeah, I, I um, both. Okay. I, uh, yes, frankincense, yeah. uh, oregano, yeah. and clove, and thyme, and whatnot. And yeah, that's when my hair started falling out like crazy. Uh, huh. And uh, I don't know if it's that my body isn't capable of detoxing properly. Uh, but something happens and it isn't good. And when I just push forward with it, it just, it makes things worse. huh? Yes. I end up not being able to walk and it's scary when you're all alone in it because there's no one I can call and like, this is happening. Why is it happening? Is it good? Is it bad? Should I keep going? Should I stop? Right. I have no such person. Uh, and so I get really scared when, when adverse reactions occur. Um, so I pretty much kind of stopped everything <laughs> or, or that's where I end up every time I start something because it doesn't yeah, work. It doesn't work or it's like the painting on the house that's on fire. And yeah, yeah. it feels like I'm just setting fire to every symptom that I've ever had. Now, when so, so when you back off mm-hmm. and you're not taking any treatment mm-hmm. antibiotics herbs essential oils whatever else else you've tried do yeah. things continue to get worse or do you just kind of stay kind of up and down days and stay yeah. in a yes it stays the same up and down okay but it's more you know stable than when i'm on treatments mm mm-hmm. mhm so I can just, you know, stay at a decent level so I can at least, you know, leave the house every day. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But you're still exhausted. You haven't solved the, ex- <clears throat> excuse me, the exhaustion problem. No, no, by no means. And, uh, well, that's what, you know, determines everything in my life. Right now I can't have a job. I can't study. 
um, my social life is, you know, struggling. I'm super, super, super social. I've always been. And um, yeah, being with friends, that that's what, you know, gives me energy. Yes. Uh, but it, it, it gets hard when your body just can't, can't, can't do it, huh? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it gives you emotional and spirit energy, but it exhausts you physically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They just have a party at your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm not drinking any alcohol either. Yeah. I, I, what does that do to you? It's super boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like everything I've ever wanted to be is just becoming impossible because of this disease. And it's like mm. I've, I've become so determined on doing everything right like eating right and doing yoga and breathing fresh air and and sleep enough and not drink alcohol and yet try to have fun and it's just um yeah it's it's uh, quite a mission impossible so are you taking a break from thinking about this or do you have a plan for coming uh, up I don't know. I'm constantly researching and talking to people and emailing people. And um, I've done a lot of tests lately. I've done the Nutrival. Nutrival? It's like... That I don't know. Okay. It's like um, a very um, broad blood and urine. Uh, well, they're testing everything, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and so those came back and I'm pretty much deficient in everything. Yeah. My, my biochemistry is like completely broken. I wonder, wonder, have you looked into your ability to digest and absorb food? Yes. I've done stool tests as well. Um, they come, came back quite all, all right. But then I also did the, this uh, breath tests for SIBO. Yes. And that came back positive. So yes, that's, uh, that's a problem. It is. The other thing, have you looked into your stomach acid? Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, my, uh, on the neutral wall, it's, it's kind of over my head, you know, understanding the results because it's like this whole cycle in your brain and blah 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 and acids and you know so my doctor told me you're you probably have low levels of stomach acid and so i'm taking uh, hcl yes very good yes uh with uh, each meal that contains protein um i don't know if it's helping how much are you taking uh, I'm taking. I think each pill is about 650 milligrams with pepsin. Yes, and you're well, taking one. I'm taking two, yes. three. And does it make your stomach warm when you take some? No. You you may need to take more. I'm not yeah. your doctor, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read about it. Okay. Uh, yes, I know. I, I probably should. Um. Cause one of, so one of the things I'll just put my little plug in here because it's you're it's like I'm sure everybody listening just wants to reach out across the Atlantic and help you. It's like this poor you poor young woman. It's like, but 
when when your stomach acid is insufficient, that's that's the first. It's one of the foundational issues that can happen. So if you just happen to have congenitally weak stomach acid or something happened to reduce your stomach acid, then particularly you don't get the B vitamins, but you don't digest protein. I mean, you just don't digest anything. So you can take all the supplements, all the everything else, but your body doesn't have the raw materials to make things work, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So, So it becomes this really vicious cycle uh, yes. And you need the B vitamins to make all the digestive enzymes and the, to make the hydrochloric acid and all that cycle. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. So yeah. I've I've had people in my practice uh, uh, take the HCL, and I've done it myself. I think from time to time I have very weak stomach acid. And you can take six of those pills, eight of those pills at a time uh, if you're super deficient. And so, mm-hmm. you know, three will help some, but... If if you're that deficient nutrition, if this test is right, then yeah. it, it totally makes sense why nothing else is going to work. So of course everything's going to make it worse. Because if you push the body in any direction with any type of strong treatment or even mild treatment, it's going to take more resources. And if you have no resources to donate, then your hair, things like your hair, will fall out. It's like your body says, "Well, we don't need hair right now because we need the nutrition to do everything else." So let's get rid of your hair and. Let's stop taking care of your skin and yeah, all yeah. those other things, right? Yeah, that's making a lot of sense, definitely. Yeah, so that's that's where I would focus your research mm-hmm. on on and on the on the whole digestion thing. And if you have SIBO, that's another horrible thing that can just that in and of itself can block the absorption of nutrients. Yeah, sure. But um, um, I've read a lot about SIBO, SIBO, mm-hmm. yep. and. Um, I just I, I can't really relate to to what people say because mm. I actually don't have any you know uh, what can I say stomach issues right that's I don't know visible to me um, I don't have any pains or gas or bloating or anything like that right but if you tested positive for it yeah I know you got it yeah so, and that's and that's the biochemical individuality is mm-hmm. you may not show stomach issues like your body just might not have that's not the way it shows up for you it shows up for deep exhaustion yeah 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 so not not to be i'm not being mean to you no 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 i love (laughs) someone who actually i don't know cares i'm looking out my window at our gray what's the weather like there it's we're we've had this mild fall it's and I've got one tree left in my that I can see out my window. It's a river birch, and it still has a little yellow on it. Everything else is brown or bare. We're yeah. heading into winter. Definitely here as well. All the leaves are gone by now. Yeah. So it's uh, it's like an empty, dark land. Waiting for the winter. Waiting for the winter. And how how do you do when things get dark and cold? Is it worse for your energy levels? Uh, I think so, yes. Or uh, to put it the other way, I definitely can tell a positive difference in the sun and in the warmth. So um, I'm definitely in the wrong climate. <laughs> so do you use a sauna? Um, do things like that? No. Well, sometimes, yes. Uh, um, 
Um, I've actually started uh, some sort of sun therapy. It's not like a tanning bed. It's more like a room yeah. where people go into and just chill out for an hour in, in the sun, in a fake sun. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah. I can actually tell every time I I, uh, I go there that my energy it goes up a little bit. Yeah, oh, and I'm is... also super duper low in vitamin D. Yeah, not surprising. So not surprising. what? We're, well, actually, the the European measurement is different than the U.S., but you're super low. Yeah, the way they report it is different. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't. If you told me a number, I wouldn't be able to make sense of it. So no. that's, so that's, yeah, so that's great. The other, the, uh, here's another person for you to research if you haven't already. Her name is Stephanie Seneff. Never heard of. Yeah. She's, she's out of MIT. Her husband got sick and so she got interested in health. She's actually a computer scientist and mm-hmm. she uses her computer scientist skills to search medical research to mm-hmm. point her in the right direction. She's she's a brilliant woman. She's very, very interested in sunshine and what it does on our skin. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it, it does much more than just produce vitamin D. It also produces something called cholesterol sulfate. Okay. And this sulfate chemical is critical to energy and brain health and everything else. So... It maybe maybe that's another part of this. Maybe you have a a cholesterol sulfate or sulfate issue, or critically low in sulfate. Mm-hmm. Her, um, Stephanie is her first name, and Senes Senef S E N. Ooh, good grief, S E N E F F. I believe. I'm writing it down. Yeah, she's. You'll love her. She she does quite. A, she did a podcast for us. Um, she's also done podcasts all over the place. So it's fairly easy to find her in her interviews and she's just oh. lovely. She's and, and brilliant. Just, Great. just super brilliant. Thanks for the tip. You're welcome. Have and you had Lyme yourself? I had a mild case. I was very, very lucky. I don't think I have the MTHFR defect. I haven't been tested. That's one of the things I want to do. I was bit about uh, 12 years ago and was tired and flu, like I felt miserable. So I had a summertime flu. Uh, I woke up one morning and dragged myself to the bathroom and was kind of looking my bloodshot eyes. And on my arm, my left arm, there was a big, perfect bullseye rash. Oh, wow. And I didn't know anything about Lyme disease, but I knew enough about Lyme that if you have a bullseye rash, it's Lyme disease. So I went to the local emergency room and they said, oh, you, you know, that sure looks like Lyme disease. And everybody came by and looked at the bullseye rash. We've never seen one of these before. And they say, here's two weeks. You know, we're going to do the test, but just just to be safe, here's the two weeks antibiotics. So I took my two weeks of antibiotics uh, and then followed up with some herbal. And I don't know what the herb was from a local herbalist and a few acupuncture treatments. And for the most part, I'm Okay. Mm-hmm. Just really lucky. I caught it very early, within yeah. within a few days, two three days, and you know, and and I I guess I didn't have enough other bad stuff going on to really multiply. Now, 
I think my energy isn't my stamina. I wouldn't say energy, but my stamina, I don't think, particularly mental stamina should be where it is. I think I fatigue a little bit more easily. And my wife says I lost some hair okay. <laughs> during my hairline. I lost an inch of hairline. I used to have a lot more hair than I did. But, you know, I'm 52 now, so some of that's just aging. Probably. And, and she says, but it was noticeable within the month after having the Lyme disease as oh, well. Okay. So. So that's, you know, so that's what's going on. Then, you know, every once in a while I have this ache or pain or this funny thing in my back. And it just, you know, it's always in the back of my mind, too. It's like, is that Lyme yeah, resurfacing? So I've, I've been cycling on and off some Chinese herbs just in case okay, kind good. of thing. I'm being careful. And I'm also trying to pay attention to my, uh, to my oral biome and my oral health. So I'm doing some... I'll, I'll swish around some other herbal tinctures and mm -hmm. uh, brush with some other dry herbs to try mm -hmm. and keep the bacteria and viruses in my mouth under control as well. Because yeah. I think that's kind of been an ongoing problem for me as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried oil pulling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With uh, with coconut oil. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think even if that doesn't seem to do anything, I think that's like flossing. I think that'd be a very good idea for you just to keep doing that. Yeah. And it, you know, who knows if it's actually pulling toxins. I don't know. Seen, I haven't seen any studies of somebody looking at the oil that's expelled after we're done. Uh, mm -hmm. But definitely the, the, uh, what's the acid in the coconut oil is, is definitely killing things off and keeping some things in control. Caprylic. Yeah. Capricilic acid. Capricilic. Something like that there. Very good. Thank you. So that's definitely doing some good. And probably I would also imagine the, the different, uh, oils, the different fats in the coconut oil are healthy for the gums yeah. and the tissue in there. So they're being fed, uh, as well. So I, I just recently read, uh, Dr. Walls. Yeah. Yeah. A, a book on her diet, which is super, super interesting. Um, because she healed healed her progressive MS yeah. with diet only, super nutrient dense food. Yes. So I'm you definitely to... trying to follow her her guidelines a little bit. Yeah, you have to go to do all the old fashioned Swedish foods. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stockholm has actually a, a great diversity of food. Yeah. It's really one step ahead. That's terrific. Mm -hmm, definitely. Well, Mari, I want to give you the last word. Is there anything you want to let people know about that we haven't covered? Um, I don't know. No, I think I think we're good. But I have a question for you that I was just thinking. Okay. Do you have any, um, I don't know, opinion or knowledge on whether one needs or should take some sort of binder? Ah. Uh, because... I'm reading more and more about toxins accumulating mm -hmm. in the body, uh, so that when you when you kill off bacteria or or anything, it it just doesn't find it, its way out. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it can be extremely helpful. Yeah. And it's worth a try. The downside, the downside on that is very low. Uh, so if you well, I, I guess, well, let me think about this. So something like charcoal, like uh, high quality bamboo charcoal or something like that, uh, or, or some clays is usually mm -hmm. the two things that, that people are talking about there. There are some 
uh, nutrient uh, binders, so chelation, essentially what we're talking about, oral chelation as opposed to yeah. intravenous chelation. Uh, so depending on what you think, you know, if you think there might be some heavy metal toxicity going on as well, then mm -hmm. you'll want a different type. But a charcoal or a clay will bind with the the gastric juices, the cholesterol that's produced in, through the liver. And that tends to carry, those molecules tend to carry some toxins along with them. And they mm -hmm. just, if they don't get bound up, they tend to get reabsorbed. Yeah. So they don't, so you're right, they don't come out. So I would think that would be an interesting test to run. I think mm -hmm. the most important thing I would say to you is stay curious and, and don't, don't lose hope. Like there, there is an answer in there and it's something around digestion. It's something about getting the nutrients in and the toxins out for sure. And yeah. so that would be something easy to try. The only, the only downside I could see for you is if you're super nutrient deficient, then, yeah, yeah, then if you're right, if you're pulling out some of these cholesterol molecules and your body's struggling to create them, it, there might be an adverse effect there. But I think the risk would be, I mean, the worst that'll happen is you'll feel tired again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so, and cholesterol is a foundation for most of our hormones. You know, mm -hmm. and it definitely sounds like you've got some adrenal fatigue and you know, maybe a thyroid problem too that gets aggravated. Yeah. Uh, that way too. So, mm -hmm. so that's, but absolutely it's, it's uh it's a very benign treatment. It's a very safe treatment. And if that's part of the problem, then it, it will help. I've, I've heard reports of people uh, taking charcoal for either mold toxicity or some other type of toxicity and feeling better very quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. It, so I, it makes, it makes, uh, it makes sense to me. Yeah. So give it, give it a try. Yeah. And send yeah. me an email. Let me know how it works. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. You're, I find Lyme patients who reach this point are so intelligent and so educated and so knowledgeable and then so generous too, willing to share their story and what they've learned. And I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Likewise. I'm, I'm glad to talk to you. And that concludes the interview. I hope you enjoyed it and were inspired by it. And we'll be bringing you these Lime Ninja interviews every week, except for once a month when we bring you the collection of masterclass interviews with Lyme Ninja experts or Lyme disease experts, I should say. All right. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.